Hallelujah. Second Kings chapter 4. I'm just really glad to be here tonight. Amen. I'm glad to be here tonight. Amen. I'm thankful for God's faithfulness tonight. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. He's always there. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to know that we love you tonight. Amen. We love each and every one of you. Amen. And really, really, truly, truly do mean that tonight. Praise God. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1. If you're able to stand, please stand. If you've got it, say a good amen. Amen. Now they're crying a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour out in all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Hallelujah. They're going to blast the shofar. We want you to give the Lord praise for his word tonight. Come on, bless him. Hallelujah for that word. Glory to God. say make room for new amen make room for new praise god praise god i preached out of this chapter last month amen but i preached about the shunammite woman amen which we see in the verses preceding amen these first six or seven verses here in second kings chapter four amen so uh but the lord laid this on my heart amen and so i just want to Bring it to you tonight, amen, uh, just as efficiently, amen, and sufficiently as, amen, I can. Hallelujah. We know the prophet Elisha came in the room, amen, of the prophet Elijah, amen. Most of us know the story of Elijah and Elisha and how that Elijah chose Elisha, amen, as he was plowing his father's field and, amen, the yoke of oxen, amen, and uh, he took the mantle, praise God, and he went and followed Elijah, Amen. Elijah, praise God, put him to the test, asking him to stay. But he said, where you go, I'll go. Amen. And the Bible says that Elijah said to him, ask him, what is it that you want from me? What is it that I can do for you? And he said, I want a double portion of your anointing. And Elijah said, if you see me when I go up, then you shall have just that. We know that Elisha, amen, that Elijah went up in the whirlwind with the horses and the chariots, amen. Uh, hallelujah, the fire, praise God. And Elisha saw him, Elijah's mantle came down. Elisha took the mantle, hallelujah. And Elisha moves on into the office, amen, of the 
prophet Elijah. Hallelujah. And we see and know that even Elijah, even though double portion means, amen, just a continuing of it, doesn't necessarily mean twice as much, but it means uh, it continues to go on and on. We can see that Elisha, amen, truly did twice the miracles, uh, amen, that Elijah did. Praise God. And when we look at the name Elisha, amen, Elishua, amen, in the Hebrew, it literally means God is salvation. Salvation means deliverance. So it means God is deliverance. Look at your neighbor and say, God is deliverance. Hallelujah. There are a lot of names that says, when it says things like that, many times it's, God is my deliverance, but this is God is salvation or God is deliverance. If there's anybody been delivered by the hand of God tonight, why don't you just uh, stop the pause and give him a good shout right there, amen? You say, ain't we shouting enough tonight? No, we haven't. Hallelujah, praise God. I don't know about you, but I need hallelujah, for him to know that I bless him. Hallelujah, that I honor him tonight. So, Elisha means God is salvation. God is deliverance. Hallelujah. And he will deliver you again and again and again and again. Won't he do it again? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And so as I was looking at this story that I preached up, Amen. As I know in my Bible, hallelujah, I preached out of, uh, amen, 2 Kings 4, these first six verses several times. Uh, amen. And praise God, at least in this Bible, since I've had this Bible. Hallelujah. But as I look at this tonight, uh, amen, when we look at life, how many knows that we experience life? Uh, amen. Praise God. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Uh, hallelujah. We can't prevent bad things from happening to good people or God's people. I want to say it like that, right? Amen. We're not exempt from life. Amen. But when we often experience life, hallelujah, we typically think of, well, what is next? Right? We think about what is coming up next. Amen. And so uh, uh, this is true in our spiritual walk. When we go through a spiritual battle, when we experience uh, Amen. A spiritual trial. When we go through, uh, amen, some spiritual tribulation. Uh, how many knows that we'll have trials? Uh, how many knows that we'll have battles? But how many knows that sometimes uh, we go through tribulation? Uh, amen. You see, trials, hallelujah, come, uh, praise the Lord, to test our faith. Uh, battles come, uh, hallelujah, to strengthen us. Uh, but tribulation will test your heart. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, are you with me? Tribulation, amen, is when we face and we get in positions that we really are not sure. When our faith is not enough, amen, to bring what we need. Are you with me? And I say that in a way that not that faith is insufficient, but that, amen, it is the will of God for our faith to be what it is. Amen. But that which we're believing for doesn't always come the way that we want it. Amen. So that is a test of the heart. Hallelujah. It's one thing to have your faith tested when something little comes along or a trial that lasts for a day. Hallelujah. It's something, amen, one thing to be in a battle. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. That will strengthen you. That you know that God is fighting for you. Amen. And somewhere in that battle, the strength of the Lord overtakes, 
amen, and supersedes your strength uh, as you yield to him. But when you go through tribulation, uh, hallelujah, and you get battle wounds, uh, and you get in places between you and God uh, that you just don't understand what he's doing, uh, hallelujah, it tests your heart. Uh, Amen. Is all the things that you have said, all the things that you have testified, all the things that you have preached, all the things that you have believed, did you really mean it? Did it come from your head or did it come from your heart? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Do you understand? Amen. So sometimes when we go through trials and we have battles and then even experience tribulation, Amen. We thank God what is next. Hallelujah. Amen. We often think in the terms of seasons. Amen. Praise God. I'm going through a season right now. Amen. And then the next season is coming up and we'll go through the next season. Amen. And so we often think in the terms of seasons. And so this keeps us, amen, in the mindset of next. Everybody say next. Hallelujah. I want you to hang with me tonight. Hallelujah. I'm going to say this. Amen. This is August. Summer is coming to an end. Fall is about to come upon us. When September 1 comes, people's mindsets just shift, right? Amen. Their mindsets change. It can still be 90 degrees. Hallelujah. I've seen somebody today on Facebook. Sorry, got the pumpkins on their table. Hallelujah. Hey, and I had a real strong discussion last week about when the pumpkins are coming out at our house. Hallelujah. Praise God. We had a real strong discussion about that. Amen. How he knows that even when it's 90 degrees, we just get in that mindset, right? Hallelujah. The change. Amen. Well, I want you to know, hallelujah, that there's a change coming in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to move into the fall, amen, feast. We're getting ready to shift into the time of the fall feast. I said it about two or three months ago. I believe that at the end of this summer, it's going to mark a significance for the body of Christ. I don't believe that things are necessarily right away going to become smooth sailing. Can I, can I get somebody to be with me? Amen. I don't want you to get the apple pie in the sky mentality. Hallelujah. But I want you to hear me. I'm probably getting ahead of myself. But I do feel in the spirit. You know, amen, praise the Lord. We, amen, have preached about seasons, amen, in the last few months. Amen, personally, myself, being in a night season, hallelujah, praise God. And it's been a very different year, amen, a very different calendar year, amen, in the spirit, hallelujah. But I believe, amen, that once the shift Amen. Happens into the fall feast, into the holy days that God set an appointed time before you and I were even ever created. I believe that before and in the midst of all of it, hallelujah, we have not seen the last, amen, of some difficulties. But I believe that before it ends, amen, there's going to be a rising, hallelujah, in the body of Christ. And where others were not protected, where others were not, hallelujah, kept, we're going to still be standing. We're going to still. 
Amen. Amen. Prepare yourself and stay ready. Amen. Because despite what is raging in the atmosphere, the best is yet to come. The old song says, hallelujah, it'll be worth it after all. Amen. We need some old-fashioned preachers. Amen. We need some hallelujah old-fashioned seekers. So I'm telling you tonight before I move on with this message, keep on praying. Keep on Christ, 
and into the new, that means that it will be something just for God's people. Come on, somebody. Amen. Grace and mercy is still evident in the world, but I believe there's a new that is coming very soon. Hallelujah. For the people of God. Amen. And those that have been half-hearted, those that have been wishy-washy, those that have been double-minded, those that have been on the fence. Amen. There's not really a fence, but there's a lot of people that like to fully their hand there. Hallelujah. Those that have not just made up their mind, those that have got up and said, I just don't want to do this anymore, they're not going to experience it. Hallelujah. But I believe, amen, that those who keep their minds and their hearts pure and sanctified and stay in the holiness of God, there's a new that's coming. And it ain't going to be about, well, what's next? But it's going to be making room for new. Because we're about to experience this. Hallelujah. The prophet said, behold, I do a new thing. That means it has not been brought into existence until the moment that you begin to experience it. I need somebody. That means that yesterday's shout is not going to be sufficient. Yesterday's praise is not going to get you through. I need somebody to understand the Lord tonight. Stay with me. I won't keep you long. See, this widow had already settled on her sons being taken by the creditors. She had already settled for what's next. Well, What's next? Is they're going to take it? See, her husband had died and he left her with debt. And they could take her two sons as indentured servants until the year of Jubilee to pay off the debt. It was the law of Moses. It was legal. It was the law that if there was a debt, that the creditor legally could take her two sons as indentured servants and a man calls them to work and serve until the year of Jubilee which was the year of release a man we don't know what a man how long Jubilee would have been it's every, it was every 50th year and we don't know when the last Jubilee had happened I'm sure maybe if we take the time to break it down look through we can find that but that's not the point tonight the point is hallelujah is that a man by law they could take her sons as indentured servants so all she could see was what was next. And she had already lost her husband. Now she was going to lose her two sons. What was she going to do? So Elisha asked her, he said, what should I do for you? Now think of that. He didn't say, what can I do for you? He said, well, what should I do about that? He said, what do you have in your house? We can preach right there. What do you have in your house? What do you have in your house tonight that, that, that God can take and God can use? He said, what's in your house? She said, sir, uh, I only have a small flask of oil. That's all I have is a small flask of oil. 
See, this was a season of loss and pain for this woman. Her next was more loss. Her next was more pain. Her next was more failure. Her next was more questions. Why did he get taken from me? Why did I get left with this debt? Why is this my responsibility? Why? So the next season was all of this. She had, she felt she had nothing to expect but the inevitable. If I can say it like this, she was empty. She had, was depleted. She was empty. But here's what you got to understand. She believed that her husband was a prophet. She believed that he was a true prophet. She said in verse 1 when she spoke to Elisha, she said, you know, your, your son, your servant, my husband, who feared the Lord, he was the real deal. That would be another question she could have had. He was serving you, God. He loved you. Why take him? Take him from me. Why take him from his sons? That, that, that question. She, so she believed that he was a true prophet. So I want to ask you tonight. I want you to think about it. I want you to stay with me for just a few minutes. But what anointed or what prophetic unction has died or passed by? that your vision or dream was attached to. We say that again. What anointing or what prophetic unction, what, what promise, what prophetic word did you have that has now died or passed by that was attached to anointing? What is it that has passed that your vision, your dream, your hope was attached to that prophetic, that anointing or that prophetic unction or that promise or that spoken word in your life? Because you see, when you got that word, that word in season was real. I'm not, I'm not saying that that word wasn't real because her husband was a true prophet. He was anointed. Are you with me? But now, he was gone. Now, the vision for their future, for the family, for his service to God, all of that was attached to that anointing, and now that source had died. But the word in season was real. How many understands what I'm talking about tonight? You got a word, and the word that you got in that season was real. You know it was from heaven. But now, it seems to have died. 
it seems to have passed by. Didn't come to pass. But here's what I want you to know tonight. You simply need a new word. You simply need a new anointing. It's not that it wasn't real. It's just that you need new. See, she put a demand on a current anointing. Her husband was gone. But she goes to Elisha. And she put a demand on a current anointing. On what was present. She put a demand on that. Hallelujah. I need you to stay with me. Where is, amen, the new current anointing? See, hallelujah. You got to understand, amen. Praise God. When, when, when she said, when he said to her, what do you have? She said, I only have a small flask of oil. Now, we know that oil represents anointing. Amen. Praise God. Oil represents anointing. What is the anointing? Anointing is the favor of God to authenticate your position with him. It's not some aura. It's not something that you can magically conjure up. But it is the favor of God that authenticates your position with him. We, when we become in covenant with him, we are now anointed as kings and priests. Right? So the anointing is the favor of God that authenticates your position with him. See, when you understand that you are anointed, amen, the enemy cannot remove you from your position at the table with the king. He cannot remove you from your position in the kingdom. Amen. That's why it doesn't matter what your title is. Titles are important and they're established in the fivefold ministry. But it doesn't matter to the enemy. Can I tell you, the enemy is not shaken by the title, by the word prophet before somebody's name. He's not shaken by the word bishop before somebody's name. He's not shaken by the word apostle that is before somebody else's name. He's not shaken by the word pastor, amen, before someone else's name. But what he is shaken by, hallelujah, is someone who knows who they are in Christ. And that no matter where they are, no matter what they're going through, they know that the favor of God is on their life. And the only thing they need to affirm that is God's favor. And so the anointing that is upon each and every one of you that are in covenant with God is his favor that tells the devil they are mine touch not mine anointed do my prophets no harm come on somebody can you hear me tonight stay with me touch your neighbor say make room for the new hallelujah now there's anointings that will be put on particular times amen there are seasons that are anointed amen the holy days are anointed there are anointings that will be put on events there are anointings that are placed over, put over places. Amen. That means the favor of God is over that time. Amen. The 
favor of God is over that event. The favor of God is over that place. And when you understand you've got favor, then you understand that you've got access to everything that heaven offers. Amen. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. So that whatever you need, hallelujah, you have access to it because a true anointed king or priest knows where they have permission to go. The king holds the key to the kingdom. The king knows where he can go and come. Come on, somebody. And he don't have to ask anybody for permission to be there. You do not have to ask, hallelujah, anybody's permission to be in the fullness Amen. And the fire of God. This is why you go through trials. You go through battles. And you experience tribulation that tests your faith and your strength and your heart. Because it will put you in a greater level. Hallelujah. You Because the more that you go through, the more of heaven that you have to access. And the more of heaven that you access, the more of the glory of God that becomes evident in your life. Can I get somebody to help me? And the more glory that's evident in your life is going to put a greater accountability upon you to walk in that anointing. So I'm here tonight to tell you that everybody in this place under the covenant of God has the same capability to walk in the supernatural as any king, great prophet, preacher, evangelist. Oh God, a ministry that's got 5,000 stars on social media, that's got 2 million followers. The devil don't give a hoot about who's following you, but he does about who you're following. And if you're following him, are you hearing me? So the word in season was real, but she only had a small flask of oil. Now I want you to understand something when you, when you, when you study the translation. This was not cooking oil. This oil was specifically oil used for anointing. That matters because oil for that had a particular smell, had a, had a specific purpose. You couldn't use that oil to bake a cake. You wouldn't want to because if you've ever smelled the real recipe of oil, it's really not something you want to put in your mouth. It's pleasant to smell, but it's, I, don't, I can't imagine that it'd be pleasant to taste. So it was. It, it, there, were, there were strict guidelines for it. So she, all she had was a small flask of oil, of anointing oil, and oil. So that means that what you got to understand is that that tells us that it was just a small flask, just a small vessel, just a small jar. And you see, here's the thing. We often think that the jar she had, we often think that she had just a little bit of oil, but she had a flask full of oil, but that's all that she had, but it was only a small flask. What could she do with that oil? Amen. She could sell it 
amen, because it was used for anointing purposes. She could sell it, amen, and get money from it, but she only had one, and that wouldn't touch her bills or her debts at all. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So it wasn't, amen, praise God. It wasn't, amen, the size. It's not about the oil in the jar. It's about the oil that was in Elisha. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? See, it matters not, amen, how much that you have. It matters whether you, amen, know the source that you can get more yeah. where that came from. I need somebody to help me. That's why she put a demand on the current anointing. Her vision was empty. Her vision was even though she had that small flask, all I have. So to her, even though she had that amount, her next was empty. But I've come tonight to tell somebody, go ahead and make room for the new. Amen. She only had that small jar. Hallelujah. You see, the miracle was based on the size of the capacity or the room created. It wasn't based on her faith. It was based on how much room there was for the oil to be produced. I need somebody to help me. You should be catching on right now. Amen. So the very fact that she was empty was exactly where God wanted her because now she had room for something new. She had room to experience. Somebody better help me in this place. Hallelujah. I'm trying to stay focused. Hallelujah. You see, where there's no capacity, the oil ceases. So the issue is not that there's no oil. It's just as there's nowhere for the oil to go. There's never a lack of oil. Some of you will get that next month. There's never a lack of oil. Because the miracle was not in the oil, but it was in the, amen, the capacity, amen, the size of the capacity or the room that was created for the oil. Because this is the oil for overflow, not just enough. See, we settle for just enough. That's why we keep that next mentality. Well, I've got just enough for the next battle. Just enough for the next season. Just enough for the next trial. Just enough for the next bump in the road. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So, how many understand is that when happy runs out, you still need joy? Come on. Come on. I said, when happy runs out, you still need joy. When strength runs out, you still need to keep going. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? When you're at a loss for words, you've got to still keep praising. Come on, somebody. Do you understand? When you don't know what to do, you still got to have a mind direction to take another step. I need somebody to understand. Hallelujah. You've got to get out of the next and come into the new. Because you see, the flow stops when you run out of room. 
It's not that there would not be sufficient oil. It's just that there was no more room created. See, Elisha told her, he said, go borrow vessels and not just a few. That's why you've got to pray today like you're not going to get a chance to pray tomorrow. Good. Like you're not going to have a next prayer time. Come on, somebody. Do you understand me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, see, Elisha said, don't just borrow a few. Now, now, now can I tell you, empty vessels create capacity to handle overflow. But the Bible doesn't say specifically, never thought about this till today. Maybe you have. Amen. Praise God. But I've never thought about this till today. The Bible doesn't say that all the vessels that they borrowed were empty. It just says that they had to be empty to pour the oil. And he said, go borrow vessels from your neighbors. So, so that means there could have been some vessels that some of the neighbors had tossed out. That maybe still had residue or maybe still had something in them. My point being is that they had to empty out the vessel. Sometimes we got to empty out. And this is why, this is why her place and her position of her, her mindset that the next was empty. Hallelujah. God was saying something. See, hallelujah, because you got to take inventory. Then you got to prophesy to what you got left. So you got you got just a small flask of oil. You got to prophesy. You got to put a demand on that current anointing. Some of you looking at me like like I'm I'm an alien. So you're like. You gotta, you gotta prophesy to what's left. <laughs> Strengthen that which remains. Hallelujah! You gotta, you gotta believe. Take inventory. See, I, I, I said a, a little bit of oil, because it wasn't the size of the jar that was the issue. It was the amount of oil. So, so matters not if the jar appears to be small next to another jar. Look at that tomorrow. Because there's some vessels in the kingdom that look at you as a smaller vessel. And the enemy makes you feel like a smaller vessel. But I want you to understand that it's not the size of the vessel that matters. It's whether or not the vessel is filled with oil. Because God can take the oil, no matter what size the vessel is, and multiply it and use it. Come on, somebody, do you understand me? Hallelujah. Praise God. So, so, so you, you got to understand, amen, that it wasn't, amen, the size of the jar, but it was the amount of oil. So some of you are here tonight and you say, I don't have much left, but you got your praise. Absolutely. Come on. Amen. You may not have much left, but you've got praise. So I may not have anything else left, but I've always got a praise. Can I tell you that God will never leave you without anything to give him tonight? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. God will never leave you without anything. He always leaves you something. 
He is never. David said, I was young and now I'm old. In other words, I've seen it for generations. And I've never seen the, the anointed. I've never seen the righteous. I've never seen God's covenant people. A man begging and forsaken and begging for bread. Never one time has God's people, has God ever left any of his people without something that he can work with. I need you to help me. If you are left without anything, it's because you walked away from it or you gave it away. But God always leaves his people with something. I've never seen them forsaken. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I do not have to fear because you are with me. You are with me. He's never left you without something. Because think about this. Elisha had Elijah's testimony. Trying to help you tonight. See, in 1 Kings chapter 17, remember when Elijah came across the widow who was gathering sticks? And he said, what are you doing? She said, I'm gathering sticks to build a fire because I just have a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour left in the barrel. And I'm going to make my last loaf of bread for me and my son that we're going to die. That was her next. Come on, come on. Some of you right there in your mind spiritually. Come on. Hallelujah. This will barely hang on. And, if I, and if my next is, is going to be worse than what this was. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. But Elijah said, if you give me first, if you beg for me first, then God will make sure, hallelujah, that you have enough. In other words, he reversed the death sentence that the enemy had placed in her mind. Some of you have already accepted a death sentence on that, hallelujah, on your vision, on your dream, on your word, on your promise, because it seems that the prophetic unction has died or that it has passed by. But I come to tell you tonight, hallelujah, that there's going to be a divine reversal. Hallelujah, that God has not left you without something. That you may have just a small flask of oil. But if you will trust him, and if you will make room, empty is the best place to be. Hallelujah for the new. Come on, somebody, do you hear me tonight? And we know that her barrel filled with flour and meal. God supernaturally. So, so see, Elisha had this testimony. Elisha had this testimony of Elijah. See, you may not have much left, but your praise, but he said, I still won't get it. See, that, 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 that widow, Elisha had precedence. See, you got something that the enemy doesn't. Amen. You've got a cloud of witnesses. 
come on, that are over you, that are cheering you on. Come on, somebody. It's what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews. Hey, man, you're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. See, you've got precedence that even though you are empty, even though you are in a place of pain and hurting and disappointment and disillusionment, even though you are in a place and you feel empty and you feel all that you have left is a little bit, you've got precedence. You've got a witness. Hallelujah. That the God of Elisha has been faithful all down through the ages. Can I put it in hillbilly terms? If he did it once, he's going to do it again. And if he done it for Karen, he wants to do it for you. But I'm just a little vessel. It doesn't matter. He shows no respect of persons. Favor is favor is favor. The anointing over your life cannot be removed. Come on, somebody. Because you are in covenant with the Lord. So Elisha had precedence. He had a testimony of Elijah from the widow in 1 Kings chapter 17. How many of you tonight need someone else's testimony to happen in your life? Thank you. One person's got enough sense to raise their hand. I need somebody else's testimony to happen in my life. I got some things in my life that I've heard God's done for others and I need him to do in my life. Hallelujah. So you know what? I've got precedence. It may be just a little that I've got right now, but I'm going to put a demand on that current anointing. And I'm just going to make room. Hallelujah. I'm going to make room and then I'm going to begin. Hallelujah. To remain obedient. Somebody better help me in this place. Hallelujah. Because you see, the vessels had to be empty. Can I tell you, filled vessels serve her no purpose. We cannot have new without being empty first. Hallelujah. So you're sitting in here tonight. You came in. Hallelujah. You've even been patting yourself as I've been talking. Oh, Lord Jesus. Yes, that's me. I'm so empty. God, you know I'm empty. Oh, bless my heart. Hallelujah. God saying to you, hallelujah. That's a good place to be. Because you can't have new. You can have what's next. Hallelujah. If that's what you want to keep. Amen. But if you see that you are being emptied out. That the thing that has come. Amen. That has brought you pain and suffering. And disappointment. Amen. And struggle. Has emptied you of everything. Instead of waiting on what's next. Make room for new. Because a filled vessel served her no purpose. She didn't need a man filled vessels. She needed empty. Come on, somebody. Doesn't matter what size. Doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Doesn't matter how talented or gifted you are. Doesn't matter what the calling is on your life. A vessel is a vessel is a vessel. What matters is is the vessel is filled with the anointing. Hallelujah. That is what God can work with. 
See, what's empty is what God can fill. So here's where I want to try to help you change your mindset. We say empty. God says capacity. See, when you keep the mindset of next, you stay empty. It's a whole glass half full or glass half empty kind of thing. Come on, whether you are whether you are optimistic or whether you're pessimistic. I used to be a devout pessimist. There was a time in my life, in my younger days, before I got free, that I was a devout pessimist. That if it, it if it even if it even resembled joy, I found something to make it bad. Depression was my identity. Fear was my character. It was my comfort zone. And so when something looked like it was going to work out, what's next? Right? Come on. Are you with me? So you say empty. God says capacity. I want you to keep that if you don't get anything else out of this message tonight. You say empty. God says capacity. God says it's room created for new. Behold, he makes all things new. Can I tell you, when God restores, he always restores double. The only thing Job didn't get double after God restored him was a wife. <laughs> How many knows he didn't need another one? God decided the one he had needed to hang around. He took everything but that. <laughs> Come on. But God used her to test his heart. God used her in his tribulation to test his heart. Did you really need all those times you worshiped? And all those times you told your kids, and all those times you prayed for your kids, did you really mean that? Come on. So when God restores, He always gives at least double. So what you've lost is what God can fill. You get that? What you've lost is what God can now fill. It's what God can now. We're talking about making room for the new. God will use what you bring. He will use what you bring. Anybody ever watched, anybody ever watched the show, Don't Forget the Lyrics? I watched that show, Don't Forget the Lyrics. And I was thinking, I, I, I was thinking you know what? Why is it that everybody on there are, are pretty really decent singers? I'm like, do they do they do they like you know scan them? What you know what what because I'm thinking, wow man, they can sing. Right. You know, I don't know the lyrics. But I was watching the latest episode and there was a lady on there and she would sing, but she kept getting off pitch. And I thought, finally. <laughs> <laughs> But I thought, you know what? That didn't matter. That had no effect on whether or not she won the money. It was whether or not she knew the lyrics. We'll catch that tomorrow. 
It doesn't matter what you have to offer, but it matters do you bring him everything that you have. And she sang as hard and as, mm, and, and she would get it and it would be on pitch and then she would lose it. She never pulled back. She sang all that. Are you with me? And of course it, it ended and I won't know till the next show whether or not she, how much she wins because they have time right now. But my point being is it matters not what you bring to him, but are you bringing everything that you can? Right. That's why it doesn't matter whether you're a small <coughs> flask or whether you're a large vessel. Because, you know, when, when you think about that, see, see, God will use what you bring, not what you assume he sees you have available. Sit on that one for a minute. I said, God will use what you bring. That means you got to bring it. Not what you assume he sees. Is God, you know my heart. And you know, God, I'm willing to do. God's like, bring me something. Bring, present your bodies a living sacrifice. It's quiet in here. That's what we're teaching. See, see, God will use what you bring, not what you assume that he sees you're willing to bring. You've got to bring it to Him. You've got to offer the sacrifice. Are you with me? She had to go ask for empty jars. You, can you imagine how awkward that was? Hey, I need to borrow some jars. Quick. And preferably empty. She said, her sons, my mom needs to borrow jars. Can you imagine how awkward that was? But can you imagine how frantic they felt? But how willing she has put a demand on a current anointing. She went to the source of the anointing. Come on, somebody. You understand me? Hallelujah. Now, the anointing, God is telling her, amen, get yourself some vessels. Go borrow, not a few. Don't you just borrow, borrow two or three and, and be satisfied with them. But you go get as many as you can. Amen. Bring them in. Shut the door. And then begin to take what you have and pour it out. Amen. See, obedience is the response to faith. We can have faith, but faith is not enough. Amen. Faith without works is dead. Amen. So obedience is the response to faith. So I believe it, God. So now I'm going to do it. See, it started out like nothing. Amen. When, when compared to the empty jars. When you can you imagine being lined up on the table? All I would love to know how many were there. Amen. But I believe there were quite a few. Hallelujah. So let's just throw out a number. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to say a hundred. Amen. Praise God. I know that might be stretching it, but that's a, that's all right. That's a, he's the God of the impossible. Amen. Can you imagine a hundred jars are sitting on the table, and what you have is just this little jar of oil. And now God said, close your door and then begin to pour out of the little bit. It wasn't that she just had a little bit in the jar. It was just a little bitty jar and not a lot of oil. Hallelujah. I think that's even 
receiving more faith, amen, than just having a little bit of oil in a big cup. Somebody, you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And so, so she would have had to have put that lentil vessel right up next to those other empty jars. And I'm sure they were all different sizes. Hallelujah. So she begins to pour out. And let's just say the first one, hallelujah, was a tall one. Amen. So she starts pouring out thinking, wow, I don't know. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Amen. But she keeps pouring. Amen. And the oil never ceases to be filling the little vessel as the, the other empty vessel is being filled up. So as soon as that one is filled up, the small vessel gets filled up again. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? I think we get a picture that she just kept pouring in at the oil. I believe every time she got done pouring one, that vessel was filled again. And she filled the other one, and then that vessel was filled again. And as long as she was pouring, there was oil in the vessel. But when she quit pouring and went to the next, bam, that little vessel was filled again. And I tell you that God will work with what little you have. But you got to bring it to him. Hallelujah. She poured and poured and poured. And every time she went to another vessel, that little flask was filled again. Come on, somebody. God will never leave you without something to give him. But you got to put a demand on the current anointing. That is, oh, somebody better hear me. I know some of you are not taking it tonight. But listen to you, to me. I told the Lord today, I got precedence. I got a witness behind me. I got a testimony. Hallelujah that God, you've done it before. And you're going to do it again. I'm going to put a demand. I'm going to get rid of everything that's in the way. Lord, empty me. Empty me. I feel like in the last four weeks that the very substance of my spirit has been sucked out of me. That the breath has been sucked out of me. But I realize today that I'm in a good place. I'm empty, God. I don't feel like I have a lot to offer right now. I don't feel at 100%. But God, what little bit I got will never run out. And because I'm empty, you can now feel making room for the new. The smaller jar is what began to pour out. She was to pour out of the smaller jar. Listen, see, see, you know what we probably would have done? This is why I believe that the small flask kept getting filled because we would have took the bigger one and used the, the bigger one that got full and went to the next one. And we just deal with that empty one down there later. Well, that's enough. She, she didn't have time to stop and say. She had to line them up. Come on. And right next to, hallelujah, right next to that little flask. It didn't look like much, but it was filled again. That's supernatural. That it never depleted. Amen. So what remains will be enough to get you through. What remains will be enough. It will be sufficient. For my grace is sufficient for thee. I will not leave you. If you have your mind set on following me and 
being poured out. Poured out. And to the one, set it aside. Pour it into the next, set it aside. Pour it into the next. The jar filled up again. Pour it into the next, set it aside. Do you get the picture? And God told him to shut the door. You know, I believe he told him to shut the door because if the door wouldn't have been open, the creditors could have just walked right in. With the door being shut, they at least had to knock and get permission. And I'm just, I'm just crazy enough to believe that they might have knocked on the door while she was filling the vessels. Because that's just what the devil does. See, you've got to shut the door. He said, get in your secret place. Close the door. Do not leave room for the devil. Close the door. And if the devil gets in, he's going to have to get your permission. Come on, somebody. But we leave everything open so he can just walk in and take what we got. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. As long as she had empty jars, that little vessel would pour out. It was the original jar that kept supernaturally refilling. Think about it. I never thought about it before. But think about it. See, that distribution required constant pouring and allowing the jar to fill again. Hallelujah. It's hard to praise him in the midnight hour, but it's not impossible. It's hard to worship when things don't make sense, but it's not impossible. It's hard to trust him when everything that you have hoped for and imagined is shattered. And you can't see more than three inches ahead of you. It's hard to trust, but it's not impossible. Because your brain goes here's the idea, it's going to be all or nothing. We're in that time now. We're in that place. In the span of time as we keep it and we know it. That it's going to be all or nothing. God's exposing the in-betweens. Yeah. See, it may not look like much, but at least it's all. Again, because it's not about the capacity. It's about whether what's created or the capacity is filled. Remember the boy, Jesus? The boy with five loaves and two fishes. And there were 5,000 men plus their wives and their children that needed to eat. Jesus, see, we would have said, don't even fool with that. Don't even get it out. But Jesus said, bring it to me. He blessed it. See, he blessed it before he broke it. We break it before we bless it. That's why it doesn't multiply. Come on, sir. He blessed it and then he broke it. And he passed it out. And it kept 
It just kept coming. It kept coming. The same with the fish. It just kept coming. It just kept coming until they were all so full, like Thanksgiving, that they couldn't eat anymore. And they still had 12 baskets of fragments left over that they could take with them to have for lunch tomorrow. Come on. You never know when we're going to be in a place where we need to, we need to praise Him and trust Him that He'll provide. Come on, somebody. See, those empty vessels, those vessels were, were what their neighbors decided that they couldn't use. You've got to speak to what's left. You've got to prophesy to what remains. And they said, get ready to come to the music tonight. I know that there's some here in brokenness disillusionment, disappointment, loss, pain, fear has left you empty. The anointing or prophetic unction that your dreams, your hopes, your vision was attached to has died or passed by. You need new. The word was real in the season that you received it. But it's no longer about the next. It's about the new. God spoke to me today. And he said, heaven is moving. Right now, the nations of this world are raging. There's turmoil. There's iniquity. There's mass confusion. And for whatever the source is, there's loss. Beautiful things are now nothing but ashes. Hawaii, the beautiful islands of Hawaii are now nothing but ashes. the sea on the other side of the world there's turmoil and raging there's secret meetings there's things taking place demise to bring down the world but despite all of that the Lord said today heaven is moving you know what he said to me? He said, heaven is moving, but I'm sending it to you. It's coming to you. I'm telling you, there's something, there's something on the horizon for God's covenant people. Because right now, I don't know about you, but the heavens have felt like brass to me. 
prayed, but I felt like that my words have just come and hit me right back in the face. Can we just be honest? But God said to me, beyond what you see and what you feel, heaven's moving and it's coming to you. But that doesn't mean we don't have to do our part. That's why it's coming to us. Because we're being obedient. You're showing up even when you don't feel like it's to any avail. Come on. When you get persecuted and you get criticized and you get falsely accused and you get told you're not sufficient. God said heaven is moving and it's coming to you. So I don't know who you are tonight that is here and you are empty. These things have left you empty. for new. See, tonight at sundown, officially August the 18th, which on our calendar is begins at midnight tonight, but at sundown, on God's calendar, the month of Elul begins tomorrow. August 18th is the first day of the month of Elul. We've preached on it many, many times, but let me remind you that the month of Elul begins the 40 days leading up to Rosh Hashanah or the Feast of Trumpets or the head of the new year on God's calendar. Feast of the Trumpets is prophetic of the catching away of the church. There's word out. I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with it. There's word out now that there's some Prophecies that believe that this year in September, that this year in Rosh Hashanah, the rapture is going to happen. This is going to be the year. I don't know, and quite honestly, I don't mean this flippantly. I don't care. I just want to be ready. And I want to stay ready. So, so, so the month of Elul begins the forty days that lead up to Rosh Hashanah. Amen. It's, it's, that, it's that time of introspection. It's that time when we look inward, when we don't worry about everyone else, but we look inward and we begin to evaluate ourselves and we look at repentance and, and we look at teshuvah, which is repentance in the Hebrew, and we look at forgiveness. It's the time, amen, when the king is in the field. It's the time when the, the king is closer to the ordinary people than ever before. The king comes down in the harvest field and nobody, nobody misses the provision, the availability of the king. Come on somebody, in the harvest field. Hallelujah is for all that will make room. Somebody help me in this place. So I'm telling you, hallelujah, amen, that the harvest, and why does the king come down in the field? See, there'll be no denial for the obedient. Why? Because heaven is coming to 
to them. Amen. There'll be no denial. Why does the king come in the harvest field? So that the enemy cannot come in and affect the harvest. So we're entering into that season. Hallelujah. Where the enemy cannot affect or your harvest cannot be touched by the enemy. And I'm not just speaking hype. I'm not just talking because I believe there's some things that are still yet to come. Hallelujah. But before it is all said and done, hallelujah, those of us who have made room for new, God's going to reveal, hallelujah, his glory in the midst, hallelujah, of all of the destruction and all of the turmoil. Amen. So I've come tonight to tell you, make room for new. As you stand with me tonight and they get ready to worship, here's what you have to understand in this woman's house. Each vessel was prepared by being gathered. It was prepared by being assembled, by being emptied if it needed to be. And to put in the right position Here's the catch. And to stay in the right position. That's the catch. Get in position, but stay in that right position. No more vessels and the oil ceased. It's not about the size of the vessel. It's about the capacity created for the oil in the vessel. Stand with me across this place. Hallelujah. If you're not already, huh? Hallelujah. If you're in this place tonight and you say, Pastor, I'm empty. I'm just going to tell you I'm empty. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Doesn't matter why you're empty. Doesn't matter if anybody understands. But you say, I came in here tonight. Hallelujah. And I'm empty. And I felt like, amen, that what was next was.